You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The BRICS Report. India. It's just gone a quarter past eight the time, and of course a correspondent at Voice of America in New Delhi is Anjana Pasharicha on the line from there. Anjana, good morning. Nice to talk to you. Good morning. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. We've been hearing about this. I mean, in India, you'd call them a godman, a religious leader. He's got a huge following, and he was sentenced to jail for raping two of his female followers, and this has caused all sorts of ructions. Why are people like him so popular in India? Yes, you know, like Gurmeet Ram Rahim, the one who was convicted, the one you mentioned, India has actually hundreds of so-called self-proclaimed gurus who gather huge followings in wealth. Uh, and Rahim is not the first controversial one. Some other godmen have also been accused of rape and murder. That is, of course, not to say that all are under a cloud. Basically, these gurus build a mass following among poor and illiterate people who begin to believe that this godman will help solve their problems. You know, India has a long culture of blind faith. Now, politicians then start soliciting these gurus to get support from their huge followings during elections. So with political patronage, these gurus manage to build huge centers and escape scrutiny. Ram Rahim, for example, is believed to have raped many young girls, not just two for which he has been convicted. He's believed to have castrated men, all in the name of faith. Some sociologists say the failure of the state to provide basic services to poor people is responsible for the guru phenomenon. You know, because deprived people put their trust anywhere where they see a ray of hope. And that is what these gurus offer inside the centers. They offer basic food, shelter, and health care. It sounds interesting. I mean, I can just imagine all of the studying that could be done about that. And the safety of school children, it can be a huge issue here. It's becoming a big issue there. Yes, absolutely. You know, in India, there's been a huge outcry following the death of a seven-year-old boy whose throat was slit in the school washroom, allegedly by a bus conductor who tried to sexually assault him. This terrible incident took place just last week in an upscale school on the outskirts of Delhi, and it has sent shockwaves that something like this could happen inside school premises. In another school, a five-year-old girl was raped in, uh, you know, inside again the school by a peon. So there is a huge outcry about why such incidents happen. Now the government is promising tougher measures to ensure safety inside schools. It's mandatory to install CCTV cameras, have more attendance and guards, etc. A top minister says schools should have more women employees to ensure better safety. And there's been a very interesting judgment about privacy in India. It's from the Indian Supreme Court, which really is respected there. How important is this? Well, it's very important in a very sort of indirect way because it's going to have long-term implications. The Supreme Court has ruled that privacy is a fundamental right on par with, you know, other fundamental rights such as life and liberty. Now, this will have implications for a range of civil rights from the way personal data is handled to gay rights. Basically, there were concerns that India could become a surveillance state after the government made it compulsory to use biometric citizen cards, which it has issued, for everything from opening bank accounts to filing tax returns. Some people said this is a violation of privacy because it means anyone with the person's biometric card number would have all information and data about him. Now, it also has impacted, for example, a colonial era law in India treats homosexuality as a crime. But with the court saying that privacy must protect family, marriage and sexual orientation, that law now may well be struck down. It is something that India's 
gay community has long been pressing for. It also means that the government may not be able to push laws banning beef consumption. Hindus consider the cow a holy ma- uh, animal, so several states have announced such bans, upsetting many liberal voices in the country. That's fascinating. I can just imagine. Take some time before you actually know the implications of a ruling like that. Anjana Pashricha, thanks so much. Correspondent at the Voice of America in New Delhi with our BRICS report.